Welcome to the Interesting Podcast, episode number 63. This episode is Charmaine Chan, who, apart from having one of the coolest names ever, uh, is an amazing VFX artist at ILM. She's done a lot of really cool stuff, guys. She's done a lot of really cool stuff, which only makes sense because she's a really cool person. But uh, we talked about how uh, she's from Hawaii. So we got a lo- we dived into that a little bit, how she got started in VFX, where that interest came from. And then I found out what compositing is. So, woo, yeah, I know what that means now. Uh, but the amount of work that they're doing, guys, is crazy, crazy, crazy. Like when Hal was on, I was like, my mind was blown. And Charmaine was like, oh, there's more. And uh, that was such a cool talk. Um, she uh, worked on the episode eight shot with the pork that jumps up on the falcon. Yeah, that was Charmaine. And she breaks down into just how intricate and detailed they get into uh, with all the movies. Then we talk about uh, World of Warcraft because it's awesome. And then we talk about her project called Women in VFX, which I highly, highly recommend. It's really cool. Uh, It's about a bunch of women at ILM who are just killing it behind the scenes. And you get to know some of their names and their stories. And it's really cool and good on Charmaine for... uh, for doing that uh so check that out on youtube check out charmaine she's awesome so without further ado here's the interesting podcast episode number 63 with charmaine chan theme song time I love your I love your decor in the back. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. got my, uh, my my things. I just put the Ahsoka swatch really like five minutes ago. Okay. I was like, quick, quick! Right. I need to look cool, impress guests. <laughs> cool. I'm like, I have nothing interesting behind me whatsoever. I mean, you know, clocks are cool. You know, depending on who you are. Yeah. You know, I knew it was a clock, <laughs> so it must, already must does its time. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on time, whatever that means. You're in San Francisco, I'm assuming. That is correct. Nice, nice. How do you like it? I love it. I mean, I've been living here for like the last 11, 12 years at this point. Wow. I've been yeah. I've been once. It was about 12 years ago, actually. Fun time. Oh, okay. Yeah, we right. passed the baton off. I went lived like a band trip. It's a nice city. It's nice. It gets cold, it surprisingly, for California. I well, think. you know, global warming. That'll fix everything. Yeah, psh, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. You're, you're not from there, though, are you? No, I am originally from Hawaii. Really? What part? Yeah. Um, I was born on Molokai, but I also lived on Oahu, Maui, and the Big Island. So kind of all across kind of bounce the around. different islands. Well, Hawaii is what you're saying. <laughs> I think I know Hawaii pretty damn well, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, my parents my parents still live there, so I visit them quite often. So, cool. yeah, Hawaii is, Hawaii is home for me. Is it as amazing as I think it is? I've never been. I mean, I'm biased, right? So fair, fair. <laughs> I mean, facts are facts. Being in Hawaii. Yeah, no, Hawaii is great. It's like a totally different world where everyone is just like one big happy family and like everyone is so friendly, like the people completely make it. Sure, that's so cool. And that, yeah. well, but it also, helps, it also helps that it's just gorgeous, right? Like it's beautiful and, you know, fair. warm weather. 
you can't really go wrong. Fair. I almost went there. Uh, I just got married, and I almost went to Maui for my honeymoon. And then we found out, oh, to get to Maui from Florida is really do it on a whim. You can't. It's also a really long flight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like 10 hours, yeah. right? Like... We're like, let's just do a cruise instead. Do Maui next year. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's the yeah. other side of the globe. I know my dad lived in Hawaii like 15 years or something. He just talks about how great it was. One day. Yeah. One day. So when um, did do you? Definitely is it is So correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime I get someone who's from somewhere else, I'm like, what are the stereotypes that are completely wrong? Like, I had a guy from New York, and I was like, tell me how many times a day you say I'm walking. He's like, <laughs> zero. I was like, oh, all right. So Hawaii, yeah. okay. Do you do you call, like, California the main the main state? Sounds such a weird way to say it. But, like, is that called the mainland in Hawaii? It is called the mainland. Okay. It is totally like, oh, I'm going to the mainland for school. You know, like, sure. okay. everyone, it, it, it's definitely a separate entity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but regarding, like, actual... Stereotypes, I think the best I got was like, oh, do you surf to school every day? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Obviously. How yeah, else are you going to totally. get there? <laughs> I've or seen like, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, or like people forget that Hawaii is part of the U.S. So they're like, well, do I have to exchange money to get there? And you're like, exactly the same. We have Target. <laughs> we have Best Buy. Like there's definitely no difference. You just go, you, yes, you specifically have to change money. Yeah. yeah. I'm all like, you can exchange money with me. That's and right. I will, like... That's right. I accept everything before yeah. you go. <laughs> That's awesome. When was the first time you came to the mainland? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, uh, my aunt lives down in L.A., so, like, oh, cool, cool. quite often, and, you know, like, visiting her during the summers with my family, like, that was my, like, introduction to California uh... overall. And okay. so when I was, you know, in high school, applying for colleges, um, you know, most of them were pretty much all within California. And my cousin, like, my cousin went to UCLA, so that, that was, like, my introduction to the UC system. Um, so, yeah, like, when I was in high school, I pretty much applied to all the UCs, and I ended up getting into UC Irvine. Um, and Sweet. that's where I studied for school. Yeah. Uh, okay. That makes sense. I've heard from a lot of people that I've talked to, actually, that's a similar thing. They have family in another place, and that was kind of their deduction as well. So there's, like, let I mean, culture shock isn't the right term, but you know what I mean? There's less of, like, a, a learning curve when you're like, oh, okay, this is different. Because I'm, I'm, it's got to be very different from Hawaii. I mean, to be fair, Hawaii and, like, Southern California, you still have, like, warm weather. You still have beaches, but it's, like, fair. I mean, L.A. is, like, you know, it's a giant city. You yeah. have to drive everywhere <laughs> to get anywhere. And it's just like, it was like thrown right into like the rough of like, hey, kind of almost like, welcome to Hollywood. This is like, this so is LA. Right? You know? This is where Pretty Woman was filmed. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And the thing is like, you know, people are so different, right? Like coming from Hawaii, like everyone there is super chill, laid back, and like no one's in a rush anywhere. And it's like, everyone is just like, all right, you got this appointment, <laughs> this, this, then, like, Everything is scheduled, and it's just like, go, 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 go. So it was definitely a different, like, change of pace for me. Sure. Um, but I liked it because I'm very much a person who's, like, I like being under pressure. I like, like, having things to do all the time. Damn. So, like, growing up in Hawaii, I felt very, like, isolated. It was just sure. like, I'm stuck. Like, again, like, Lilo and Stitch, right? Like, when Stitch was, like, <laughs> going around, like, I can't escape. Like, I had the exact same feeling growing up. And, you know, you kind of do as a kid, right? Like, you're, of you're bored of what you love. And so you want to go somewhere that's the complete opposite of that always always i live in florida and i've come to realize just in the last couple years i do not appreciate the beaches that are around me i'm like i just want mountains and like forests 
But then everyone else is like, I haven't seen the beach in my life. I'm like, it's right there, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, we take we completely take advantage of like what we're used to every single day. And like every time I go back to Hawaii, I'm always just like, why did I leave this? <laughs> it's so yeah. yeah. It's funny because I remember like the thing is I went to high school on the Big Island, and my school was like kind of up in the hills up on the mountain Mm -hmm. and so i would have to drive up there every single day but like driving back it would be facing the west which is like where the sun sets and like i remember now and i'd be like so pissed i'm like the sun's in my eyes (laughs) the purple sky it's so bad um but now like i drove it recently and i was like oh my god this is like the most beautiful (laughs) thing ever i remember like pissing me off that's amazing definitely definitely different lens different perspective you know growing versus like when you're when you're a kid always always so i know you are a visual effects artist when did when did that interest start being from hawaii you don't normally go hand in hand like kind of chill to visual effects at all i feel like there wasn't a very direct path for me into visual effects like Mm -hmm. the thing was like i was always kind of one of those nerdy geeky kids like I love the computer. I like computer at age 12. Like, what? I was very much, yeah. I was, the thing was, like, I had my cousin who went to UCLA. He ended up working in the video game industry. I also had another cousin who had his own, like, computer fixing, like, nice. business. And so, like, during the summers, I would, like, hang out. And, like, I learned, like, the ins and outs of, like, hardware and just, like, how things work. And mm-hmm. so they were kind of, like, my introduction into, like, the tech world. And so... I hate to be, like, stereotypical, but, like, my, my parents just assumed that, like, I would go to something math and science. And sure. they saw me, like, following my cousins, and they're like, oh, you'll probably do, like, computer science or engineering, just like them, too. And then you work at EA, you work at Microsoft, you know, the very, like, very <laughs> stable. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was, like, in high school, I had the chance to take uh, computer programming classes. Oh. Um, what was great about living on a big island was that um, the computer science teacher that I did have, he was actually an astronomer for Keck Observatory, which is a harmonic chaos. What? And so we're learning, like, C++ and Java, and, like, we were programming things for, like, the telescopes up at the Keck Observatory, which was really amazing. Yes. Um, and so I was like, this is super fun, you know, like, it was great, but at the same time, I'm very at text and code every single day. And I'm actually a very visual person. And so I like that there is a visual output to it where you like, oh, I can see I'm moving a telescope. Sure. At the same time, I was like, I like pretty pictures. <laughs> fair, fair. So when I got into UC Irvine, I had to declare my major. I was like, well, like the default is like computer science. But I was like, I don't know if I can do like, <laughs> pro- strictly just programming for the rest of my life. Fair. And so I, you know what, I'm going to, the thing was like, I also dabbled a little on, like, web development and web design as well, and that was kind of, like, my outlet. Like, Mm -hmm. this is where I'm going back and, like, showing my complete, like, fangirlness. But, like, I used to run a girl's website, and it was, like, my, like, most favorite thing ever. (laughs) Spice Girls website on the side where I, like, like, basically always release new videos that they have, but also, like, compiled, like, you know, edited together music videos. I love it. Like, by touch into, like, the real, like, media side of, um, you know, production, right? Uh-huh. And so I was like, maybe I'll be an art major and I can do a little of, like, art and technology, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when I when it came to declaring my major at school, I was like, Spice you know Spice. what? I'm going to be an art <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was like, I think I'm going to be an art major. Um, 
And it was actually kind of interesting because, like, when I discussed this with my parents, they were just very, like, art major. That's not going to make you any money. Like, they're just thinking, oh, paintings on the side of the street. (laughs) There's so much more to art, like, these days than just the traditional, like, painting, sculpture, drawing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Which, don't get me wrong, art's great, you know, fundamentals and, like, you know, the base art like knowledge to have is great mm-hmm. but to me i was always like more curious about how the digital medium can be used for visual storytelling for sure right um and especially because the digital medium is such it's so reliant on technology that's where i was it's such a great bridge of both mm-hmm. so um you know despite you know my parents being like unsure about it i eventually you know i was an art major i focused on like photography and video production and because i was down in southern california I, like, met a lot of, like, you know, fellow classmates who were in industry, but who also were, like, you know, who introduced me to other people who were also in the industry. And I was just all like, oh, hey, I can look beyond just the web. Right. You know, there's this world of, like, film and TV that can also combine both of my love of art and technology. Wow. That's, I yeah. mean, you said it wasn't a clear path. Kind of seems a little, <laughs> one thing beats no, on top I'm, of another. No, like. Yeah, like one thing definitely led to another, but I don't think I had a clear set idea of what I was going to do. Sure. Um, down. I love that. And the thing was, like, I've always loved, like, since, like... Same. Yeah, since, like, I was a kid, it was just, like, that's what I grew up around. That was, like, my world to escape. And, like, whether it be films or, like, video games, it was just, like, I love that idea of, like, taking your imagination and just making it real, essentially. Right. right. Yeah. I'm obsessed with movies. That's pretty much all me and my wife do. And the right. idea, like movies, is the accumulation of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming together to make a thing, which ideally is impossible. But it's and it's yeah. it's so cool, it's so deep. So that's pretty interesting. And that so you got you got into. I that. mean, that's the thing regarding like film. Like, there's so many different people coming together to work on something. Right. But the thing is, like, when you find that like right team, when you get those right people who are all super passionate and super into what they're working on, like mm-hmm. that's. That's how you get those incredible films out there, right? And Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Man, that's crazy. So when, hmm, so you got your own crew sort of thing. That's kind of neat. You saw it? Like you said, it's it's the best when, when it comes together kind of uh, like, almost like it's meant to be. You get the right people that are into the right kind of things, and you got one guy that does this, one guy that does this. And like, I mean, obviously people are into multiple things. But when you have someone right. who's really good, like, I know nothing about lighting. But when a guy does, and then somebody else knows about storytelling, you got a well-lit story, right. you know? It's kind Absolutely. Of, kind yeah. Of. And that's the thing, like, I've always been, like, to be fair, I'm I'm very introverted. Like, for me, my ideal case of, like, a day off is, like, staying at home or after. Fair. Like, that. like fair. But at the same time, I love interacting with others. I love being in a collaborative environment when I can just, like, feed off of your knowledge, your energy, and also bring part of my energy into that as well. Like that is, I think what makes super fun. For sure. For sure. And just the, the human connection, you know, when you, when you, a collaborative process, there's something like almost spiritual about it where you just connect on the right wavelength and you're like, Oh snap, this is awesome. And then art. This is, yeah. this is well, art it's, apparently. It's interesting. Cause like the human connection, I feel like it's always forgotten about when it comes to visual effects, right? right? Like for real people think, we're just pushing buttons and then magic appears on the screen. Please. And it's like, you don't realize how much like, yeah, how much discussion, how much being working with one another we do before you can get that result that you see on the screen. Crazy. And I feel like trying to humanize our industry more is like something we need to do. Agreed. Um, 100%. Which is, 
which is tough, you know, when you're dealing with technology, when you're dealing with computers, when you're dealing with, like, technology that's getting to the point of, you know, AI being able to do certain things. Like, it's, it's a great future, you know. But at the same time, it's, like, it's really exciting to see what that potential can be and, like, how do we adapt to, you know, all this new technology and, you know, that will make even better visuals than we have before. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it terrifies me. But anyway, <laughs> so when did you, so you got into that, you found your, you found your crew, if you will. When did you like specifically, or you know what, back up. What is compositing? <laughs> what is compositing? That's always a good question. It's funny because like anytime I tell someone I'm a compositor, they're like, wait, so you compost for a living? I'm like, no, no, not composting. <laughs> collage. You collage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like the easiest way I tell someone is like, Think of it as advanced Photoshop. I layer, yeah. I put things together, except it's moving imagery versus just a still image. Um, oh, okay. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's pretty much, you know, image manipulation, pixel manipulation. Um, we're, it's just like we're putting together everything to make it look like that final product that you see. Gotcha. Okay. That's something that people don't realize in the visual effects industry is how many people, like how many layers of people are involved in a specific shot. Like when I found out that some people have, correct me if I'm wrong, assets? They called assets? Yeah. Okay. I don't really know what that is. I'm pretending like I do. There's someone who does this and then someone who does this, someone who does like creature animation and stuff. Like like yep. I, like I've had I've had Hal Hickel on, who's- Yeah, and Hal's great. Dude, he's amazing. And he talked about, I was like, oh, so you worked on, like, you know, the pod races and stuff. He goes, no, I did, like, ass. I was like, oh, okay, so, like, what did you do? He goes, well, there was this shot, and he worked on Jurassic Park. And I was like, yep. okay, so tell me what you did here. And I was like, oh, so you didn't do that part, but you did this part. Somebody else does that. And I was like, the, the it's like an, it's like the whole iceberg theory. You know, like, what people see versus what's there. What's it's like, yeah, it's like you've got the movie, and then you've got, like, the VFX part. You're like, you have no idea. Craziness. Yeah, no, the thing is, like, you know, we have so many amazing, like, the great thing about working on ILM is that, like, I'm working with people who've been there for 30, 40 years, basically invented, you know, what visual effects is. John Noel did. And, <laughs> and he also invented Photoshop. Yeah. Amazing. Like Literally that. invented. No big deal. Hashtag MBD, right? Yeah. Um, That's right. But no, the thing is, like, these, like, these people are so skilled and they're in very specific things. Mm -hmm. And so, you learn, like, how each one of them, you know, got into their specific discipline, you know, whether it be animation, mm -hmm. you know, paint, you know, like, and the thing is, like, being a compositor, I'm the one who's at the end of the process. I see everything put together. Oh. Um, and, and it's, like, it's interesting because I have to kind of learn how each one of that, you know, those who are in those specific disciplines, what they do and how it comes to me at the end. And, right. like, kind of understanding the whole pipeline overall, which is great. Because for me, I'm like, I'm a person who's like, I want to know everything before I can specify one thing. Sure. Um, you know, you, you need to be, be kind of well-rounded. You need to, like, acknowledge all your stuff because, you know, those are the things that makes your final image. Um, and so it's great being from Hogger that way because it's like, sure, I'm getting this, you know, this rendered robot from my lighter. But at the same time, it's like, that robot is doing like crazy spins and whatever and like it's like animators did that but then the creature dev artist also like you know helped tweak little things here and there and then like the paint artist completely removed this car that was you know in front of it like you know just like every single process you're just all like this is amazing seeing it like progress wow that is nuts 
So when you decided to go into visual effects and stuff, was ILM always a goal, or was that something that you kind of like led up to by doing different things? And then, oh, um, no. I mean, the thing is, like, I was very like I was very typical. Once like I'm about to graduate, I was like, I'm gonna mass apply everywhere. Right now. <laughs> like, whether it be LA, New York, like San Francisco, do what you gotta do. Just like mass applied to be like, I want in. And the thing was like, I didn't have specifically visual experience. Like I worked at Deluxe before ILM and I was doing um, DVD Blu-ray menu design and like really? animation. I was doing like motion graphics essentially. Huh. Um, and it's funny thinking back because I'm just all like, it's so not a thing anymore because no one has physical. Like, How weird is that? <laughs> But it's crazy because I think I'm like, oh, yeah, it was so cool because, like, you want to do, like, cool animations and transitions, kind of make them into a game when you're going through the menu, put little hidden, like, you know, Easter eggs so that people can, like, they click right three times and they get, like, you know, a special menu with, like, a special feature. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, that, that's not, you know, something that the newer, younger generation of kids will, like, acknowledge at all. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so I was doing more, like, motion graphics than anything, and I was just, like, you know what, as long as I'm saying that's, like, visual and, like, you know, tech at the same time, it didn't really matter what it was. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I applied everywhere, like, from, you know, Pixar and ILM to, like, um, at one point, I think I applied for a company that was doing, like, you know, all the, like, for, like, sport events. So, like, oh, if yeah. it's, like, a <laughs> game, you know, like, when they circle it and, like, do that and there's, like, cool animations. Oh, yeah, little play thing. He went here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I, I I actually got an offer from them before I got an offer from ILM. I was about to go there. And, like, <laughs> ILM called a week after, and I was all like, just kidding, I'm going over there. <laughs> that was a test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was kind of like I, I just wanted my foot in the door, no matter what door that was. For sure. Because, um, again, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and the thing is, like, when I applied for ILM, like, because I didn't have previous um, visual effects experience I couldn't exactly apply to be an artist straight off of the bat sure so I actually was I applied to be a digital resource assistant which is a little bit more technical position hmm. it was it's kind of like what we consider technical assistance resource assistance there there are more people who deal with like data management resource management um dealing with like the renders and servers and stuff like that so it's a lot more support oriented gotcha. but, but it was know. like yeah the thing was like it was such a great foot in the door to ILM and I learned so much from being in support positions before I moved into artist positions um which was like I think it makes me a better well-rounded like employee who actually knows a lot more about the ins and outs of just like sure. visual effects, just the one side of like aesthetics or just the one side of the technical right no that makes total sense so how did you make the jump then to go from the technical side to be like actually what I can do yeah, so it's funny because like when I applied for the position, I mean I had a small reel based off of like the DVD menus and stuff yeah. that I added. <laughs> so I need, really. But like they're like, oh, this is cute, but it's not really for this <laughs> position. Um, but it was like in my first position, it was like you worked a lot with the supervisors just to like you know make sure that each show is getting their appropriate need of like the space management and like resources needed to make the show that they want. So I built really good relationships with a lot of the supervisors. And eventually I moved into like an assistant technical director role where I'm essentially supporting all the artists and like their software. So that's when I saw the ins and outs of like, oh, you know, the camera mash movers, they use our own 
um, proprietary software, which does amazing tracking, um, while like, you know, animators dominantly work in Maya, and so I learned a lot about like how Maya works and like Bell and like Python scripting. And it just gave me a great general overview of like each single one of those disciplines. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something more like 2D oriented just because I can motion graphic background. Sure. Um, and so I kind of found my niche just like working a lot with the Roto paint and compositing and supervisors. Um, uh. And I was like helping support them and like their needs on their shows. And, you know, I just built these really great relationships with people who could like, you know, teach me exactly what they're doing and I can help them make their process of what they're doing a lot more efficient and faster. Uh, um, makes sense. Makes sense. So, yeah. And so at one point, I think it was back on like Pacific Rim time. Ooh, um, nice. Doing, um, you know, this was kind of when the hype of 3D, you know, film was 3D oh, yeah. stereo film was kind of happening. And so, you know, we had this giant film. I mean, Pacific Rim had so many, you know, almost 2,000 easy shots. And so we had to create, like, a stereo process of dealing with it because we, you know, some things were actually shot, you know, in stereo. And so I worked, like, directly with um, both the lead stereo supervisor and my compositing supervisor on, like, creating this, like, efficient pipeline of making our 3D process more streamlined. And... At the same time, they gave me a chance to, like, work on shots, like, to composite, like, do 3D shots. Um, So it was, like, not only am I helping, like, support them and their pipeline, but they're giving me a chance to, like, actually work on shots. Um, So that was kind of, like, my leeway into actually getting into the artist role. So, like, work my tech side to get more artist work. That's awesome. So do do you remember the first shot you worked on? Um, first shot, I, so I actually had the chance to composite a few shots before, and my first ever shot was actually for Mission Possible 4, um, and John Noll was my supervisor, Todd Vizzeri was my oh, comp supervisor. What? And, yeah, I remember, it's like, it was a shot, I forgot the name of the actor, but he's just like falling off of the roof, shooting his gun backwards, and like, we had to replace, you know, the inflatable that he landed on, and like, the D background, and like, adding some gun flares, it was like, a pretty simple shot, but, like, that was my first ever shot. I remember, like, the first time I showed it in dailies. And, of course, you know, John Noll being the supervisor, I was, like, nervous as hell. But he was, like, super new. This was, like, my first shot. And he was, like, when I saw he's, like, this is a great first pass. But, you know, let's clean up the edges here. Let's do X, Y, and Z. And I was, like, I you know I'm, like, yes, yes, I will do everything <laughs> exactly like you said. And, like, I remember the first time when, like, I finally had a remix version of that shot. And I and I put it into dailies, and John was like, final. And I was like, oh, my first final shot Dude. for Mission Impossible. This is kind of amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. And yeah, John is sorry. Dude. Yeah. Dude, if you're going to do it, do it right. Wow. Exactly. I couldn't have learned from, like, any better of, like, you know, people to learn from. Like, these are the veterans of the industry, essentially. Absolutely. And. That's the thing I love about ILM. It's like I am literally working with so many different people who are just like so talented, so skilled. And I think that's what keeps me here is that like Fair. I feel I'm constantly learning. Like if I'm not learning and growing, then I'm not going to stay at a place. But because mm. ILM has provided such a like place that like basically pushes you to learn as much as you can, oh, yeah. like it's, it's addictive. Like I can't stop. It's sure. Amazing. 
that's amazing. That actually makes sense because that was like the whole thing about George Lewis. You know, he was very pushing the envelope. Like, there's a documentary about episode one, and they're talking about the visual effects that like hadn't been created yet. And he's like, I'll go figure it out. And then you see John Knoll just in the background, like, I guess we'll figure it out. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like more and more often, it's you know, we we get pushed with that, right? It's kind of like, oh no, we have to do. 1200 shots that are like all underwater like how are we gonna, <laughs> you know and like everyone just like gets into me and we're all like again same thing this time yeah. what are we gonna do? but the I thing is like out. <laughs> the thing is like we're all problem solvers that's what makes it fun you know mm. we're just all like all right we got to break this down how are we going to handle this we've done something similar before so we have somewhat of an idea like how do we take this to another level sure that's amazing see i, I... I'm obsessed with creatures. That's like a big thing of mine. Like the creature department, the puppeteers are like big heroes of mine. And that's half of the equation because you guys, like you said, for Mission Impossible, you had to cut out the inflatable. You had all those things. Like yeah. people don't really much work in just not even like visual effects, typically visual effects, heavy movies, like with giant fighting robots and stuff and Pacific yeah. Rim, you know, uh, Transformers, wink. And, uh, yeah. You wouldn't think that like a movie like Mission Impossible would have so much VF shot, but it's like you guys are everywhere making it real that we see. It's like on set, it's a little different. There's a big inflatable yeah. back there. It's amazing. Exactly. Well, I think it's you know it's an interesting thing talking to people who are not in history about visual effects, and they're like, oh, why do you even really need visual effects? And I'm all like, what have you seen recently? <laughs> and they'll say something like, a romantic comedy or something. And I'll be all like, yeah, that one had visual effects too. Like right. everything you've seen pretty much has visual effects these days, whether you realize it or not. And, you know, when I see people with visual effects, I'm like, you know, there's usually two different visual effects. There's like, there's a very obvious in your face, giant robots, you know, Star sure. Wars out in space, like the very explicit, like there's visual effects in here. Sure. And then there's the visual effects, you know, like that's when... Like, I'm the most impressed by visual effects is when it's like, you know, no one can tell there, there is visual effects. Sure. And that's the fun of it all, right? Like, we get to be magicians for, like, you know, two hours and just completely blow your mind when we, re when we tell you, oh, yeah, that was, like, not real whatsoever. That's right. Man, that's crazy. So I know that you also worked on a little movie called Harry Potter. Yeah. What? Small, small independent small. I mean, you might have heard of it. There's, like, wizards on it. Really, you know? Yeah. How crazy was that? Talk to me. Talk to me. It's pretty crazy. I mean, the thing is, like, it always blows my mind, like, what projects we get to work on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've i always been a huge fan of just, like, blockbuster films overall. Same. But I don't think I really understood, like, the culture and the significance that, like, certain franchises can have for people. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started working on ILM, like, because, to be fair, like, you know, when people ask, oh, what's the movie that got you into video effects? And, like, for me personally, it was, like, Jurassic Park. I remember seeing it as a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, those dinosaurs are so real. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Same. But it was, like, a one-off movie that I was like, it's fun, it's great, you know, that's it. Um, and, like, you know, I've, I've seen Star Wars. I've seen, you know, like, all these major fans. But, like, it never quite had that, like, I never had that connection to it quite. Yeah, sure. because I don't think I was aware of, like, the impact fan, like films can have on fans. Right. Um, and when I was at ILM, you know, I met more people. They, like, told me more about just, like, the impact that, like, certain characters or certain storylines had for them. And, like, for me personally, as, like, 
like I identify as a queer woman as co- of color and like mm-hmm. to me representation really matters visibility absolutely. really matters absolutely and so films and stories were always my escape of like you know being able to relate to something right and I never realized how strong that could be until I started working in the industry and seeing the impact like these films possible. So when I work on something like Harry Potter, it was like, I knew about Harry Potter. I watched the films. I never read the books, So I was just like, Meh, you know, it'll be fun cool. to work on. I like magic. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the thing is like, you know, it was for Half-Blood Prince. Mm-hmm. And so we did the sequence where it's like Dumbledore was like, he had that, you know, huge fire effects sequence and like in theory, we're all going after him. And it was just like a really, it was a really powerful scene. And I was just like, wow, this is like, it's great how so visual can like move and affect someone, you know? Oh yeah. And so it was great to, you know, I love, I loved working on it. It was like one of my first like major projects to be assigned on. And it was, it was a great experience. Like I learned so much from it and it was just getting yeah, from like the start of like the concept art all the way to the end of, like, that final sequence. Like, it's just, it's, I'm always blown away every single day. Just yeah. Seeing it. Even though I'm working on it, I'm just, <laughs> no, this shit looks amazing. You know? Right? That's the yeah. other thing about ILM. Everyone I've talked to, you're all so into the thing you're working on, you know? And, like, yeah. when you think about the entertainment industry, and a lot of times, it's like, eh, you know, it's a job, it's a thing it is, whatever. It's like, explosions right. are happening, they're like, eh, it's four, it uh, happens at four. You know, but you guys are like, look at how crazy this fire dragon is. And you're the right. ones making it. That's so cool. Well, the, the thing is, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I've definitely worked on a few films that are not exactly the most. Of course. Know, like, award-winning films. Of course. Um, but, like, you know, story aside, you know, at the end of the day, we're still here trying to make the best visuals to present the story in the best way possible. Absolutely. And I think, you know, me being surrounded by people who always want the best, who always put in that 110 percent it's like again it's addictive and it's something that just like you you have to put yourself around people who are like that to get the best result possible absolutely when you work with the best you become the best you become the best working on it you know (laughs) you know absolutely i mean i've seen your shot i can't do i don't even know what's going on so good job (laughs) you know like that looks that looks cool i guess (laughs) yeah and then uh and then from there you worked on i know you worked on the avengers um, I briefly worked on Avengers. I worked on um, the last Captain America Civil War. That's what it was. Um, I knew it was yeah. a superhero. Civil War was great, um, by the way. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, it's, it's interesting, right? So, like, Lucasfilm, when I first started, was its own private company. Mm-hmm. We got bought up by Disney, what, five or so. But we've, mm-hmm. we've had this working relationship with Marvel for, you know, since the first original Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the, pro- like, I wasn't assigned on the first Iron Man, but I remember watching the progress of it. And John Favreau was just, like, super, like, actually anti-visual effects originally. He was just all, like, Weird. I, you know, there's no way you guys can make this look real. So, like, there was a lot <laughs> of just, like, actual practical Iron Man suits, which are really cool, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, for sure. you know, <laughs> if you have a physical Iron Man suit, you're just like, I, I, I want to wear that. How can you <laughs> yeah. touch it? I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, seeing us take, like, those practical suits and make them into a CG suit that was just, like, it lo- you know, the first Iron Man is still one of my favorite Marvel films Incredible. overall. And, it's, and it's, we've worked on so many Marvel films since then that, like, you know, I've, I've worked on Iron Man 2, and I also worked on Captain America Civil War. And it's, it's just fun seeing, once again, the progress of how Marvel has taken this universe oh, and, yeah. like, their expectation effects. 
and how they're pushing the boundaries of these effects, right? Like, dude, Infinity War was bonkers. It's hard. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, like, you know, I'm also a comic book nerd fan, and like, nice. You know, when you're looking things on, you know, when you're looking at your comics, you have, you have your visual representation. But it's, you know, it's still, like, it's a still image. You don't see the animation of it all. Right. And, like, you see, like, one frame of, like, a certain universe in the background, you know? And the thing is, like, a lot of it is, like, yeah, it's, it's great seeing it just, like, a single frame. But, like, how do you make this into, like, a complete, like, the environment that someone can walk around and actually interact with? Right. And that's what I love about the Marvel, just, like, universe overall is that, like, what I thought was impossible and only viewable on a, like, still image in a is like not you know it's completely possible these days absolutely that's the other crazy thing like how quickly technology has evolved in such a short amount of time you know anything like the first jurassic park came out in like what 93 i think it was like early 90s so just in like 20 some years we're able to thanos crushing a moon and stuff from like oh this is a raptor cool you know yeah amazing it makes me kind of scared for what's going to be in the next 10 years. You're like, I can't, I don't know what's real. <laughs> well, no, I think, I think the question is like, what, what is, you know, whoever creates media out there, like, or like stories out there, what, what is their next level of that? Like right. they can go even beyond, you know, what their mind thinks they can do. Agreed. I had a guy on recently, actually, I think it'll be the episode that goes before this. Uh, it's a guy named Robin Guyver. Amazing. He's one of the creature puppeteers, worked on a lot of the things over at Pinewood. And he right. talked about the first movie that he worked on was uh, Gravity with Sandra Bullock. Wow. And he said yep. that like 98% of that movie was. And what they yep. would do is have the actors on the wires and then the puppeteers would move the actor in a way that made them look weightless so that they could focus on their performance. Because if you're hanging from wires, your face will show when you're trying to move. So they yeah. tears. So I was like, you're telling me the first thing you puppeteered was Sandra Bullock? He's like, well, I mean, kind of... Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. Like, that is incredible. The, like yeah. said, the amount of visual effects that's everywhere that you just wouldn't realize, it's, it's, it's really right. cool. It's all those little details, right? Like, those little details right. completely makes things pass or not. It is. And it's also one of those things that, from an outsider, seems to be. I have a friend who's an audio engineer, and he says it's one of those jobs that you only hear feedback if something's wrong. Yeah, You know, exactly. it's, like, it's like a job, and I think that's... That needs to be remedied, and that's why I'm here. And uh, no, that's so great. Cool. The thing is, like, yeah, I think it's amazing that you're giving all these people who are usually behind the scenes you a chance to. to talk about, you know, what they work on. And once again, humanizing us because the thing is, like, it's Thank so you. easy to just see an image, just see, just hear effects, and just be like, oh yeah, that's. It comes cool. with everything. It comes yeah. with filming. Yeah. Yeah, please. As somebody who I used to make a bunch of videos growing up, and. I remember this thing, it was like a wizard versus warrior type thing, as you do. And I had to right. do this like lightning thing from like the wizard staff to whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it was one of those like uh, Adobe After Effects presets. Yeah. I spent yeah. like nine hours trying oh, to keyframe a thing. And I was like, it was it was literally a second. Just, and I'm yep. never doing it again. So I'm glad <laughs> for people like you that are good at it and that enjoy it. Because I don't. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, everyone finds their niche, and, like, once they, like, find it, and they're just like, no, this is great. I remember doing it and taking nine days or, like, (laughs) you know. But at the same time, it's like, how can we make that even more efficient? How can we make that look even more cool? You know, like, there's just, like, there's this never-ending expectation of perfection. Artists, you're always aiming for that perfection. Always. Which doesn't exist, as with everything. (laughs) 
you know, but like you still go for it because the thing is like you you want to see that be as cool as possible. Absolutely. So as a compositor, you said you're at the end, right? So yeah. what does the shot look like to you? I'm assuming there's no music. Or is there music? When you're doing like crazy I mean, stuff. No, and, and the thing is like, you know, we usually work in parallel with the people who are doing sound effects, who are doing, you know, the oh, music. Cool. And so we may get like a cut of like the sequence we're working on and there's, you know, the dialogue. So we can at least, you know, hear what's going on and have a general sense of what's going on. Sure. Um, I mean, occasionally we'll get like, a rundown from our supervisor of oh, this is what's happening in the sequence. So, you know, based off of that, you know, this is the feel that we want to have for the sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, generally we, we sometimes have audio, we sometimes don't have audio and it's just a matter of like being on the same page as your supervisor and your art director of making sure that like what you're putting together has that same feel throughout. Fair. Fair. Does it make do you, when you watch movies? Is it extra weird now because you've been behind the curtain and you're like, all right, yeah, I remember what this was like with just words and that's music. Oh, it's not bad. It's right. Not bad. Yeah. No. The thing is, like, every I can't help but be critical. Of, of course. Of course. Film. But there are some times where I'm like, I just want to enjoy the film, you know, and like, <laughs> I like I have to check myself out. And sure. so the when we work on you know films, we get. You know, sometimes we get, like, just a small sequence and you don't really know what the actual storyline of the film is mm-hmm. versus, like, you know, we're working on Star Wars, we're working on everything. So oh, yeah. you kind of know what's going on. Um, but, you know, there's this temptation of, like, going through all the sequences and just watching it so that you can, like, see the whole film. Sure. But, you know, you lose you lose that sense of fun sure. of, like, the surprises and what's going on in the film. So I generally try to avoid doing that. And I just, like, focus on, you know... Again, is the look, what is the feel, what is like, what is mm-hmm. the motion that we're trying to capture through this visual image? Um, I focus more on that as opposed to like just the overall story. Probably best. As, yeah. as somebody who enjoys movies, you don't want to ruin it for yourself to be like, mm, I mean, I guess it's okay. That shot is, that's good. It's, yeah. I mean, sure, I've, I've worked on a few like, oh crap, I think this is like the like spoiler major moment yeah. of like <laughs> the turning point of the film. And I'm like, well, I, and now I know it. There's yeah, exactly. nothing I can do. Yeah. We're Infinity War and they're disappearing. You're like, what is happening? Should I be watching this? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, like we at ILM, we're working on at least like what, four to eight different projects at a time. So, mm-hmm. you know, you work, you walk around the office and you see other people's screen and you're like, I think I just spoiled myself. <laughs> you, know, like, you have special you, ILM you blinders. Help. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's hard, but at the same time, it's like you can, you know, I can choose to forget things, you know, right. and actually enjoy a film for what it was, yeah. The unsacrifice of the VFX. It's true, it's yeah. A, we salute you, Charmaine. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, there's been a few times I've also been on set and shot, like, photography reference footage and stuff like that. And it's, what? like, it's interesting like, see that because people are like, oh, don't you lose the magic when you, like, can see, like, oh, he's just hanging from a wire there over, like, a tube, <laughs> like, as opposed to being, you know, dangled above the sky, you know. And I'm just all like, no, I feel like being able to see the beginning to the end makes sure. it even more, you know, like, that makes sense. the thing is like, so it's so hard to not really, I'm not sure if spoil is the word, but like, it's so hard to like make it so that I am not like feeling impressed, like, like that this magical world does exist because to me, there's still a lot of the process where I'm just all like, I don't know how he did that, but he does. <laughs> sure. Great. No, that makes total sense because there's also like 
a bit of like accomplishment as well. When and you're like, no, it it looks real. You wanna know why? Because it did not look real a bit ago, and that is it, it like adds another layer of almost appreciation. So I get it, I understand that. And I remember at the beginning you said that uh, you mentioned World of Warcraft, which is yeah. pretty awesome. And uh, full disclosure, I there was a summer that I played uh-huh. so much. Wow, there was a server that had it was like a thirty percent XP rate. So you went, right. you leveled up much quicker, and I like, yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> I capped a human warrior and an orc warrior in the span of like a month, like level eighty to both of them. Uh, nice, nice. I mean, I don't want to brag. I'm not trying to impress you, although I kind of am. Uh-huh. But now it's your You're turn. Like, <laughs> it's my turn to talk about my wild, wild character. <laughs> this was to lay the runway of comfortability. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, like, I've been playing WoW since it first came out, right? Which was like 2003, I think. 2003 yeah. or 2004, something around that time. Mm-hmm. And it was just something me and my like friends and colleagues together. And we built this really cool, tight knit community. And like, we had a guild. We ran dungeons. We yeah. Ran the fact that we ran like forty man raids, like how? Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, how are we organizing forty people together <laughs> to run a raid? But we somehow did, you know. Like it was, you know, it was such a great like experience of the online community world, right? Like where sure. you all have one goal and you're getting together and putting your best characters for like get that, you know, bring down that one boss, you know, at the end. Oh yeah, and. The thing is, like, you know, World of Warcraft is not exactly the most, like, stunning visuals. Like, the graphics at its time was, like, you know, it was fine. Yeah, was, I can tell what know. was going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you got immersed in this world and these stories and these lores that, like, were so incredible and thought out. Um, yeah, I, I still to this day, I mean, I'm still playing WoW, right? Yeah. Like, I just came back after, like, a two-year hiatus because I'm, like, there's expansion pack yeah, coming right. up. <laughs> that trailer yeah. was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And part of me is just all like, do you really have time for this <laughs> at this age these days versus, like, back in college? You make time. But, That's like, what we do. <laughs> no, absolutely. You do make time. And, you know, we I worked on Warcraft, the movie, as well, which was, Perfect like... segue, such, huh? Wink. It was, exactly. <laughs> and the thing was, like, you know... There were certain people at work that I did play while with occasionally on and off here and there, mm-hmm. but it was never anything like hardcore like I did when I was in college. Sure. Um, but it was kind of known around the office that I was like a Warcraft nerd. Yeah. And so like when I heard that we were going to be working on Warcraft, like I went straight to my manager. I'm like, you have to put me on. <laughs> you don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was lucky and the scheduling worked out. And so my manager put me on Warcraft. And I remember we were working on, I think it was a trailer for, for Comic-Con. And Ooh. it was this one, like, it was this one shot where they were, like, showing the high elves. And I, for me, I've always rolled for the Horde. I'm totally a Horde. Uh, this interview's over. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's little things that you, like, are aware about from the game. Like, when we were making... Warcraft with Duncan Jones, he was like, he wanted to make sure that we were true to the lore, we were true to every little aspect where, like, a fan, if they freeze-framed on, like, the movie, they'd be like, hey, is this, like, how it is in the game? Like, you know, people who really dissect. Oh, yeah. I was like, we wanted to make sure every part of that was, like, that. And so I was working on this shot with, like, two high elves, and I was like, their eye color is wrong. Yeah. And then, like, like, wait, what? And I'm all like, 
They're colored green. So the green eye color are for blood elves, not high elves. They should be purple. And I was all like, you know, when I was working on Warcraft, I was still kind of like, you know, I was probably five, six years into the company, but, you know, in comparison to everyone else, you know, that's still very, I was a noob. In right. comparison to right. I was like, do I have the right to say anything? But I was like, <laughs> I, was like I know the fans are going to point this out if we don't correct you have to. I was like, I have to say something. And like, my supervisor like quickly went on the internet and was all like, eye color of elves Warcraft. And he was like, oh crap, Charmaine's right. We're going to have to change the eye color of these elves. And yes. I was like, yes, Moment of pride. <laughs> yeah. But the thing was, like, you know, it, it would have made a difference. Like, you know, the people at Comic-Con Absolutely. would totally have pointed that out. Um, so, you know, it's things like that where you, you're you able to nerd out to, like, your full, most potential. Yeah. And still be like, like, oh, yeah, it's good that you knew that. It was good that, you know, your your job may not have that, you know, requirement. But, like, the fact that you have that knowledge you know, helps make that experience of bringing franchises that, you know, were another medium and bringing it into the film medium more you know, impactful for the fans. Absolutely. So they have you to thank for the right eye color. Well done. Well <laughs> yeah. done. I'm all like, that's, that's my fame in the that's Warcraft right. universe. <laughs> you like try to find that note that he wrote and just frame it. Be like, look, I should, I, I should do that. Actually. You know, I would. Yeah, I'm. I would absolutely. That's that's crazy though. I didn't know that. I liked Warcraft. I thought it was an awesome movie. I'm not gonna lie. You know, you might be biased because I'm such a fan of the you know of Warcraft overall. But I actually really enjoyed it, and right. I felt like. A lot of Island's work was really underappreciated. Like Agreed. art were amazing. Like absolutely, their facial expression and animation to like the little hairs on them. Like right. a lot of what I was doing when I was compositing these orcs was just like, can we see the little hairs and how they interact on their body? Like oh, just amazing. little details like that and how like the spec hit, you know, or backlight, you know, those little hairs. I thought it, it looked amazing. And, you know, like, storyline might have been not the strongest point. Acting might have not been the strongest point. But, you know, like, I feel like every single Warcraft, like, friend and fan that I, you know, talked to afterwards about the film, they were just like, no, you know, like, visually and just, like, the worlds that were created mm-hmm. were exactly what they wanted to see Agreed. versus, like, you know, the end game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I dug it. I really did. I really enjoyed it. And uh, speaking of that, Doug, that you've worked on, you uh, you got to work on a little space movie, you know, little indie, yeah, little indie, another small, very film. tiny, yeah. very few people have heard of it, I'm sure. Um, right. Let, let's talk. Let's talk. You worked on. Yeah, I worked on the Last Jedi, which there was my is. ever Star Wars project. Wow. Um, and the thing is, like, you know. I work with people who've worked on pretty much every Star Wars, which is kind of crazy. And, you know, you get to a point where you fall like, maybe one day I'll work on Star Wars. Um, it's in the next room. You got and, your ear with the glass. Yeah. And so the thing was, like, I was, I worked with my, so the visual effects supervisor here in San Francisco for last year, I was um, Eddie Pascarello. And I've worked with him numerous times before on other different projects. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we just jive really well together. And... I originally was actually supposed to go on to the fifth Transformers because as of this point in my career, I've touched every single Transformers film. Yeah. yeah I just made my career. <laughs> I yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, I was, I was slated to go on to Transformers 5, but Eddie was just like, no, I want you to come on my Jedi with me. It'd be really great. I think that'd be a really good experience. So I talked to my manager. I'm all like, hey, I know I'm supposed to go on Transformers 
five, but you know what? I love working with Eddie, and I think it'd be great to finally have the experience to work on a Star Wars. Um, Fair. And so through you know a little juggling of schedules once again, um, I was able to get onto the Last Jedi. And um, like I mentioned before, I just work really well with Eddie, and we're generally like on the same page on a lot of things. And so you know he gave me like the first shots that he gave me were the shots of um, Kylo versus out on crate yeah and it was the thing was like this was our major big sequence and it was like something that we couldn't lock down quite away Mm -hmm. like there were so many different like concept art looks of like what that shot should be it was like are we doing is this like a sunrise or is it sunset are we it's like you know with crate it's like there's it's it's a salt flat right so it's like to look more snowy or should we expose more of the red crystal behind it and there were just like so many meetings back and forth of just like what that look would be like if i can show you the amount of iterations we went through of like what really? that like, it was just it was crazy we went through so many iterations and it was just something where it was like ryan wasn't too sure what he wanted we weren't too sure what he wanted and it was like we had to find that happy medium ground mm-hmm. and took us a while but once we did it was like it it kind of clicked it just it fit and you know it's it's part of that process that like not many people talk about of just like after iteration after iteration like yeah. you think you get the concept art you create it and it's done it's it's rarely that case it's it's a lot of just like back and forth trying to find what that you know super big like impactful look will be sure. and like even though it was a short sequence, like I think we worked on it for a good like four to six months, which wow. is crazy. Wow, fair. It's like for me, I was just like constantly staring at Kylo's face, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm so tired of his right now. And I was just all like, and like you know, we got audio at this point, so I'm hearing him just be like, oh, I want to save my soul. Like, yeah. you know, evil. And I was all like, got it, got it, Kylo. Yeah, understood. Um, yeah, not gonna save so, your soul. <laughs> so it's funny because like you know, for me, I'm just all like. You know, you get tired of things at, at, at a point where you're just all like, come on, we just need to find all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, no, this is a very, like, pivotal moment, you know, of the film. Yes. And so, you know, you know that you need to push to get that exactly to what it needs to be. For sure. And and it's fun, you know, sitting, sitting in CineSync, you know, having Ryan there to be like, there's this, I think there's this one shot I was doing of Kyle where he's like holding it. It's oh, like yeah. this zoom in it. And it's like very like Last Samurai-esque looking. Oh, oh yeah. And when it finally got to the point where it was like, no, the shot I think is, is done. This is what it should be. Like Ryan was just sitting there and he was like, the shot is so beautiful. And you're just like, <laughs> like a huge sigh of relief where you're, you're just, just like. One tear. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, this is this is what it was, you know, meant for. Like we went through so many iterations, but like, you know, this this is a beautiful shot and it, you know, it's so dramatic, it's so lovely. The colors, like everything, his like the reflection of the saber in his eyes, like every little detail, like it just fits so perfectly together. Oh yeah. No, I I'm really glad you brought up that sequence actually because there's so much that you guys did as far as you mentioned like the hair on the orc's arm, right? Yeah. Tiny tails. The idea yeah. of like Luke's feet not pushing the salt, you know, the the salt hitting the lightsaber blade of Kylo, but not Luke. It's like these little tiny things that were like hints that if you were paying attention, you're like, oh, that's what's going on. But obviously no one's paying attention thinking about that. And just like all these, the the depth of work that goes into one shot. Crazy. Craziness. Well, it's 
it's kind of cool. So like, you know, generally as a proposer, you get multiple shops to work on at a time. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, like they specifically knew that like sequence, you know, you have shots of Kylo on one side and shots of Luke on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so they split it up in a way where like, I only work on the Kylo side of things. And it's only works on the Luke side of things. And I felt like that was a really smart to do because like, you know, for me, I'm just all like, I was telling you, I was staring at Kylo, like, constantly, <laughs> and I, like, getting irritated by him, his whitey, like, you know, little, <laughs> little things, and I was all like, but I felt like that helped bring out that feeling in sure. even more, right? Like, as much as I was annoyed with Kylo, I'm like, oh, great, the audience will be just as annoyed, right. and that's, like, that's the feeling that they kind of wanted to portray, you know? Sure. And because I wasn't worrying about, like, the Luke side of things and, like, what Luke is feeling, it was just like so just enveloped in this Kylo world. Which sure. Is kind of you could kind of yeah. hone in. You're like, he's frustrated. I'm frustrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I'm just all like, you know, when you're doing the saber, it's like, I was frustrated, like doing every little spark, you know, coming off of that. Strip. And like you felt it, right? Like the spark was just like very erratic, very just like oh, yeah. short and just like bursting. And, you know, it's like, it was like, yeah, because that's kind of how <laughs> I felt. And I was like dealing with that as well, you know? So it, it it's fun to see how some of your gets put into those shots even though like a very clear like we're, we're here for the director's vision our supervisor is telling us what to do like we're you know we're kind of like expected to do certain things but it's like no there's still a little bit part of like each individual artist that like so put into those shots absolutely like I said you're an artist you know and it is art that you're creating is coming from you right. like there's no way a bit of you can't be in it you know because yeah. especially spending that amount of time on it you know it's just it's just a natural thing that happens which is, a, exactly. like you said, beautiful. Great shot. Great shot. I love the movie. I really, really did. And uh, yeah. there was a, there was something else that you worked on, which was definitely a highlight of the movie involving uh, a little pork. Yeah. A little pork. And uh, talk to me. Talk to me. Your, your shot of the pork. Well, yes, yes. So here's the thing. You know, we, again, we kind of have a general overview of, like, what shots we're working on overall, what sequences we're working on. And, you know, when we first go on a show, like, most of the time, renders are not done. It's just, like, basic previs or, like, we have of the shot. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, like, looking through the sequences and shots, and I'm like, hey, there's, like, a lot more creatures going on in this episode than I felt like, you know, there was in Force Awakens or there was in Rogue One. You know, like, this current Star Wars, I was just all like, hey, we're getting hordes, we're getting crystal foxes, we're getting the Fadiers, like, there's all these creatures, and... For me, like, I love animals so much, like, you have no idea. And so, like, the moment I saw there's all these creatures, I, like, went up to my corner and I'm all, like, give me every single cute animal, <laughs> like, at least one shot of every cute animal, like, yeah. creature in the Star Wars universe. And I love my coordinator because she totally listened to me. Like, huge shout-out <laughs> to Francesca. She was amazing. amazing. And she gave me one shot of each creature. Oh, and, great. And so I was actually working more on the crystal foxes or you know nice like, that was my focus first and like there was this pork shot in the back that like we didn't really have time to focus on whatsoever but like we had to get to it eventually and like we didn't spend much time on it or like bid much work on it just because it's like oh here's a puppet pork we're just gonna play through a cg pork sure so like sure back of my mind so i'm like working on this crystal fox shot and eventually there needs to see a, a new update of this pork shot and so i'm like okay slapped together you know like we got paint to remove the puppet pork and i slapped in the cd render and i was all like here's our first take <laughs> and like everyone was all like 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite. We have to go back and forth a lot with just, like, the animation of the port, of, like, what the port was doing. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it, it went back to Anim, and I put it back on the back burner. And then eventually, you know, we got to the point where it's like, no, we need to finish this shot. So they're like, all right, here's a week or two to just, like, focus on the shot and, like, let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I just thought, like, oh, it's a cute little porg. It's fun. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm going through the shot and, like, I'm getting new iterations from Anim and I'm also getting, like, new iterations lighter. And, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very simple shot if you think about it, you know. So it's, you say. You know, so, so I <laughs> You know, you're you're you know you're focusing on the porg, and it like kind of rack focuses out, and then you see Chewie there too. It's like a fun establishing shot of like here are two cool characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, there's you know there's little subtle things once again where it was just like, hey, if you look at you know our basis was always looking at Chewbacca, mm-hmm. like he was shot and played. How the lighting affects him, we should do the exact same thing to our CG render. Sure. So, you know, he comes in and out of light, so we made sure the porg was coming in and out of light. Um, but also, you know, like, the porg, like, jumps up to the front, so it's going to get a little bit late, and, like, and it was a question of, like, we went through so many iterations of the porg's tongue. Like, that's oh, probably yeah, what... Oh, a little... On. Like, it was just, like, how do we get it lit so it doesn't, like, weird wet tongue or it doesn't look plasticky? <laughs> you know, it was, like... I'm, like, on this shot for, like, a week of just, like, staring at his tongue and, like, adjusting the render lighting to, like, make it to a, it's not too shiny, but not too wet, you know, just, like, little things like that. And we're just going back and forth in dailies of just, like, porn will make a difference, you know. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, I eventually final the shot, and I didn't expect it to be in a trailer or anything. I was just, like, it's one of a million other shots that I've worked on that is going to be added. And so when I saw that they included it in the trailer... I was like, oh, yay, that's my shot. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is the first time people are seeing porgs. And yeah. it was my shot introducing them to the porgs. And I was like, oh, shit, this is actually a much bigger deal than I imagined. Huge. Like, yeah, the you know, everyone on the internet was just like, oh, my God, porgs, I love porgs. And porgs just became that, like, huge character, even though it's not, like, I mean, it kind of is, but not really. Like, it's not a major character within the plot. It became such a, uh, like, ingrained creature within the star wars universe now that it's oh, kind of crazy that, <laughs> yeah that my shot was the introduction of the porgs to the world yes i love it i was one of those people i was like i don't know what that is but i need it i like yeah. it a lot. I, mean, I didn't either when i first thought i was like is that a bunny or a penguin or <laughs> what <laughs> you know like it was just all in one but i was like it's cute so i'm gonna take it yeah whatever it is i'm into it that was me yeah. i love it i love it but, it's no, such a great it was, shot it was it was fun it's fun you know talking to people who are like, oh my God, when my daughter first saw it, she was so excited. And, you know, like the fact that it's like hitting these younger generations of kids, like getting them into the universe, you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, just being able to see people smile. Yeah. Like you are bringing just like two seconds of joy into someone's life, but they're so happy and you can't help but be happy because of that. Absolutely. And I mean, I might be a little bit biased as well, especially now, but it's definitely the best pork. I mean, let's be honest. A pork jumping on the dash of the falcon and giving his little chewy roar. Yeah. Yes, please. All of that. Yeah. You know, so good. So good. I mean, you, you couldn't help but love the dynamic of chewy and the pork. Especially because right? he almost ate one, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, for the baby, I'm all like, what's that the point when chewy became a vegetarian? Like, unknown. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I mean, you never know. I, we'll, we'll have to wait in the next one and see when this one yeah. makes Chewie mad, what happens. You know, we'll just kind of play it by ear. Two yeah. dogs meet each other. You're like, are they going to fight? They're going to be friends. We got to wait. I don't know. <laughs> but that's amazing. That is amazing. You did very, very well as, you know, with yeah. everything. But I also want to talk about this little thing that you're doing because I've seen your series. Amazing. You right. have a project of your own called Women in Visual Effects. Correct. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, the thing for me is, again, I, I mentioned before, I strongly identify as a queer woman of color. Mm -hmm. Throughout my years in college, I was very active in my LGBT community. Um, and I've always been about, you know, advocacy and education and, you know, reaching out and being able to be visible that, you know, future generations of kids don't have to, you know, deal with and go through, you know, mm -hmm. but up in society today and so when I started working in visual effects you know it was great I'm working with all these pioneers but at the same time I was just all like well are the women you know, <laughs> there. in my industry and it wasn't until like you know I kind of established myself within the company and got to know more supervisors got to know more people that I was like actually there's a lot of amazing women oh, in yes. the industry all but the thing is like you know, they're not the ones who are, you know, headlighting the, like, major big projects. Mm -hmm. You know, they're there, but they just haven't exactly gotten to the point as, you know, the male counterpart exactly the same thing as well. Sure. And I was like, what, what is going on, you know? And the thing is, you know, it, it's not limited to just the visual effects industry, right? Like, there are plenty of other industries that have gender inequality. Um, and But it's like... Visual effects is what I've been working in. This is, you know, I've, I've made a career out of this. I've been working in the industry sure. for the last 11 years, and I haven't seen much difference. And that bothered me. And so, you know, come 2016 time, basically, yeah, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> when we have Hillary and Trump going on, and I was just all like, you know, I, I kind of want to jump on this momentum of, like, you know, women's rights and women pushing forward and make that difference. For sure. Um, and so part of me is like, so I was an art major at school and I focused on photography and video production, like I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my photography actually was more documentative photography. Oh, okay. And I kind of had a more like documentary-based background when it came to um, both photography and video. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted to continue doing that. And I never knew what I wanted to focus on. And I was all like, you know what? why don't we try to start like a video series of just like interviewing women in our industry and what their experience has been like. Mm -hmm. And so I approached most of like all the female supervisors that we have at ILM. And I was like, I just want to do a really chill video series of just like, I want to hear you out. How did you start? Like, how did you get into this industry? And um, this all started again before, you know, the election. Yeah, of course. And I'm interviewing them, and it was kind of crazy because, like, you know, I would bring up a question of, like, hey, you know, how do you hear political, you know, yeah. uh, things that are going on? And, like, most of them were like, oh, I'm so glad Hillary is running. We're going to have our first woman president ever. Oh, no. Like, people were, like, so sure that that was going to happen. They weren't and, alone. <laughs> and, of course, you know, we have who we have as our president now. Which is um but it was interesting because I was doing these interviews right before the election, but I also had interviews scheduled after the election. 
And it was a cool seeing that like shift of like all these really hopeful women of like the future, we're, we're changing, we're progressing. Mm-hmm. And the election happened. And I had one interview set, actually I had two interviews set the day after election. And I had one woman who canceled on me just because like I, I canceled. <laughs> it was it was such an emotional day for so many different people. Absolutely. And like she just, but um, I interviewed Lenita Quattro, who's the only female visual effects supervisor we have at ILM the day after. And I was, I wasn't sure how she was going to, um, you know, deal with the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't exactly know what her political stance was in general. Sure. And so we had an interview, had the questions. I'm just like, how'd you start? Where'd you go to school? Where'd you, focus? you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we have a basic question of just asking like, oh, what advice do you have for future generations of women, you know, who want to get into this industry? And she really just like, she stopped and she's all like, can we stop filming? And I was like, oh, oh no. And so like, you know, we stopped recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she just like, she broke down and she was just all like, Man. it's hard me as a mother of two daughters to advise them to ever go into this industry. Fair. And I was, I was like, oh shit, we're, we're getting like down to the real Nick grid here. Yeah. And she was like. And she was just like, it was so hard. Like, she just went through, like, how difficult it was for her mm-hmm. to the point that she is at now. And even now, she's still struggling to, like, be able to get the exact same project as, like, you know, our fellow, you know, male um, mm-hmm. co-workers. And, and it's like, what, like, why in this day and age, why is that so difficult? And right. it's the last, the last project I worked on with Lindy was actually for a theme park ride for Wanda Wuhan. Wow. So we had these like these Chinese clients who were creating this giant theme park over in China. Everyone in China has money to make theme park. But it was interesting because like you know she'd have to fly out to Beijing to like go and meet with the clients and talk about like you know what's going on, how's our progress, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And she was telling me about how when she met the clients, they were like, "All right, where's the supervisor?" And she's like, "I'm, oh, no. I'm right here." <laughs> to me and they're like no you're, you're just the secretary can we can we get the man who's in charge oh, and no. it's like uh it's like we still have to deal with those kind of things and it's you know don't get me wrong china's probably have a whole different culture going on of course, of course. and things exactly at the same state as we are here in the state mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like it's like fuck we yeah, still, still have sucks. to <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, sorry if i if i'm like no, i just like we deal with these issues in this day and age and so, you know, we finished the interview, I interviewed a few more women, and then, you know, it was, this was like the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. And so throughout Christmas break, I was like, I have like three, four other girls who've been helping me with this project, you know, who deal with like, help with editing, sound, color correction, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're working on this over the Christmas break, we're making a little trailer so that we can release and start the series. And, you know, of course the results of the election and then the women's march going on we were just like you know what we're going to release it on the same day as the women's march because there couldn't be any better time than that there you go and we released the trailer and i don't know how because that's that's how the internet works but someone and once it's on reddit right like it gained a lot of attraction and yeah it was crazy i think right I think the trailer has had up to 10,000 views, which is great. Nice. I mean, it's not big numbers, but it's still like a good amount of people to actually know that this is an issue that's happening in our industry Absolutely. and that we should be talking about it. 
And so it was like, you know, it started a conversation that needed to be started. Mm -hmm. And so beginning of 2017, we started releasing videos like every other week of all the different kids. Um, and I was like, I was getting emails from like all around the world from women who are like in the industry, but who are like also students, you know, who want to get an industry, who are just all like, thank you for like, you know, creating it because a lot of people were just like not aware that there were women in the industry at all. You're right. And that there were women who are of such, you know, great talent and who have made it, you know, to such high positions. Mm -hmm. And kind of like being able to show people that it is possible. Like if there's at least one person within a series that you can relate to and help you make that decision whether or not you want to be part of the industry or learn more about the industry then like that's where I feel like I've succeeded with it. And that was the main thing. Like for me, I'm like growing up, I wanted to see other people just like me doing things that I want to do. And that was like my basis of wanting to start this series. Sure. I love it. It's true. You have to save it a lot of times, you know, and it is so and like, that's what you said before. Representation absolutely matters because if one person sees themselves there, that in their brain opens the door. You know, and Absolutely. so much is in your head where you're like, I can't do it because, well, obviously, look, nobody like me has been doing it, so why would we that the door would be open to me? Thus, representation. And exactly. I love it. I love it. The series was great. Yeah. The thing is, like, it's, the thing is, like, I, so, again, like, with the visual effects industry, we're dealing with a lot of always working in front of a computer, behind the scenes, like, individually on their own. Oh, yeah. And again, trying to humanize even our industry to people within our industry. Sure. Like, <laughs> And what I love about this series is that I've met so many incredible people. Like, I went out to London, just like, like, all the visual effects houses in London are, like, all within Soho. And I can literally walk from, like, one visual effects house to another across the street. Oh, that's so cool. And it's crazy, because, like, I would interview one lady from, like, NBC, and she's like, have you talked to blah, blah, over at DNIC? And I'm like, no. And so they'll introduce me. And it's like, it created this, like, network of women, which I thought never existed, but actually does exist. Yeah, And I think, you know, publicizing it, making it known that it does exist is a huge, you know, step forward, like making our industry more humanized. Because the thing is, like, we are people who are struggling and dealing with a lot of the same issues, right? Like the way the industry has been going, the way that, like, we deal with um, work-life balance, you know, how do we do a family in this, in this industry? And, like, being able to talk to all these different women from all these different countries. Um, yeah, because so I went to London. I've been to Vancouver. We interviewed people in Singapore as well. Wow. And the thing is, like, it's crazy that we've interviewed all these people. Things keep coming up. Sure. So it's, like, clearly it is not something that's, like, segregated to, like, one specific location. This is something that everyone is having issues with That is that we need to, like, figure out and solve and make things better that way. And so, you know, it's it's great having, hearing and meeting all these people and getting that feedback. And, like, for me personally, I'm like, I want to see the change. Like, we've been talking oh, yeah, about, course. like, what is the action that we're doing to make it easier better, and, like, more diverse, you know, environment overall? Because diversity is what creates, like, you know, the most amazing universes and stories out there. Absolutely. Because if everyone has the same story to tell, then that's boring. Agreed. We want to hear all different stories. Um, so I feel like our industry strives on diversity, but we don't Absolutely. have that diversity yet. So we need to change that. For sure. And so 
I mean, personally for me, I've been working very closely with, you know, a lot of people at ILM about making that change. And, you know, Clean is such an advocate for women's rights. Amazing. And, you know, like, we're we're great about having, you know, female protagonists, female leads in our Star Wars series, but, like, we need to push that even more. Like, where's our female director for Star Wars? You know, where's our female for Star Wars? Like, where are the people of color? We're, you know, just, like, every spectrum you can think of like we need to bring them in mm-hmm. because that is what will help elevate the franchise that's what will help elevate technology and like right we yeah I, do. I love it and i love that i mean every change starts with a conversation you know and i i love that you've opened you've opened the conversation it's so important and uh you rose to it i dig it i dig cool. it a lot. it's a great series people definitely need to check it out it is on youtube that's where yes. i saw it yes yeah, or womeninvfx.com. Yeah, there we go. SEO. Get it. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to, I can't not ask you the question you asked. What is some advice you would give to someone uh, who's into the industry to do what you're doing? I mean, honestly, like, if you love film, if you love whatever you want to get into, that you should focus on that and do it. Like, there's mm-hmm. no excuse. You're going to fail. There are going to be hiccups. Like, if that's something that you are super passionate about, you just got to keep striving for it. And visual effects is a tough industry. It's super tough. The hours are long. It's, yeah. it's just very rough and it's not great for balance. Mm-hmm. But if you can make that work-life balance, if you can still have that drive and love for it every single day you come in, then keep going at it. Cause every day I feel like is very rewarding for me, which is so hard to say out of a career. Yeah, the average person, not the same. I, I like that you said that. This is something I've said hundreds, probably too many times on the show, is that I believe that passion specifically, right? It's super important, and I think if people have an inner drive or, like, an inner dream, right, and if you hold it and meet it halfway with work ethic, it's almost like it's meant to come true. You know what I mean? And it's, it's I mean, passion is so important. I will listen to somebody talk about something they're passionate about, even if I have zero interest in the subject. You know, exactly. it's like, I don't know what you're saying, but I like hearing you talk about it. Your passion is infectious, and uh, it's cool. Infectious. And, and if you can surround yourself with people like that, you are doing well in life. Agreed, agreed. And you make some pretty good movies, too. Yes. But can you believe we've been talking for, like, for, it's, been, it's been well we over an hour. For a while. Yeah. Yes. This was really cool, though. I, like I said, I, I hope you've had a good time. I've had a great time. I definitely had a good time. Like I said, I've never done this before, so it's kind of cool to just, like, be able to, like, free flow and discuss Yeah, right? That's what it's about. Again, man. at the end of the day, it's about our, our connection and the human interactions with one another, right? Like, 100%. those relationships that we build. And at the end of the day, that's how we relate to one another. Agreed. By being human together, you know? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I made a yeah. show about it. Uh, yeah, so that's I think it's a great way to, to to cap this here off. But I have to ask, where can people find you online? Um, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Charmaine SM Chan. Um, you can also go to my website, which is Charmaine Chan. Um, yeah, I think I'm pretty well across most social medias. I like days. it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And your name is perfect. You just first off, yeah. Charmaine is a great name. I don't know if I said that in the beginning. <laughs> That is a great like the in as somebody named ben, who knows a lot of Brian's Charmaine's pretty <laughs> cool name. <laughs> it is a cool name. I, I can thank my parents for a very unique name. Yeah, well done. My wife's name is Monique, and every now every now and then I get really jealous. I was like, I don't know any other Moniques, and now I know a Charmaine. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> Enjoy. Cool. It. But this was super fun. 
I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, Anytime. For having me. Absolutely. Anytime for you want sure. to come back on, doors open. Well, thank you again. Absolutely. And. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Interesting Podcast. If you enjoyed it, stop by iTunes, give it a five-star rating. It really does help push the show to the front of the algorithm so that more people can find it. Uh, if you'd like to follow me, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff as Jedi Brian. If you'd like to follow the show, it's at Pod of Interest on Twitter. So until next time, be well. <laughs>